Good evening and welcome. Welcome to Free Talk with Mr. V. Last week, we were looking at the bright side as Shelly Ann gave us some information and her experiences as she was having at work. Today, we're going to go a little bit deeper and see the brighter side. Part two of the conversation of how things can turn and what outcomes any experience can happen at work. So join us as we go into part two, the brighter side. They, um, they held the, the, they send me home, which I expect. That's normal. I'm fine with that. They send me home on paid administrative leave for two weeks, pending the investigation. That's cool. But because they didn't come and do their due diligence and debrief the staff and the children, four days later, a child and a staff call the police on me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? But I already spoke with the police and this, the whole thing crazy and it snowballed. And then they took me off the chat and then they told the staff not to have anything to do with me. Don't communicate with me because it will spoil the investigation. A whole lot of craziness went on. And um, then they extended my administrative leave for a further week. So I went in, I think it was on the, let me just double check the date. I can tell you for a fact, it was the third, yep. My administrative leave started on the 4th of February. I was supposed to return on the 18th. They said they'll extend it for another week. And on the evening of the 23rd of February, they send me a letter, they hand deliver a letter telling me to come to a disciplinary hearing on the morning of the 26th. Now I'm like, aren't you supposed to somebody at least a week notice? Why are you sending me a, a, a letter that tells me on Tuesday evening at sometime between 4 and 5 p.m. to show up at 9.30 Friday morning for a hearing? Furthermore, why on this letter do you have three charges when the, your first charge would have been the situation between the young man and myself? Where the other two charges came from? I don't know anything about what's happening here. You all didn't ask me for a report on this. <laughs> so it was crazy. It was crazy. So let me just tell you that, you know, where everything happened, the long and short of the matter, they had their disciplinary hearing because I didn't trust them anymore. I worked with a lawyer, which they apparently was not prepared for. They had words with my attorney. They shouted at him and they asked me just a few basic questions. And they say, okay, you'll hear from us within 24 hours. And sure enough, within 24 hours, a letter came to my door and delivered again, telling me that I'm terminated. My attorney says, don't worry, that's wrongful dismissal and we're gonna deal with that. And that you did, I'm quite sure. Well, I haven't started the processes yet. I, I, it's been hard, I must say. And for 
the persons who would listen and who would hear this, it's hard when you know you didn't do anything wrong. It's hard when you know that the only wrong thing you did that I could have thought about for my own self, if I introspect, would be, oh, why didn't I just exercise that last bit of control? What happened? Why, why, why did my mind go blank? What happened? You know, but as to everything that they said that I did, I didn't do any of that. And yet they held this farce of a hearing and decided that I was guilty of all three charges when they didn't even give me chance to submit any report on the other two, which were nothing more than allegations made by staff and children. And uh, it hurt because I used, I have this saying that I've always said, like for the past uh, probably five years or so, once I please God, and I please the people who sign my check. I don't care about nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said that. And and so it really hurts. And I, I spent sleepless nights. I would wake up in the middle of the night crying and get up off of the bed because I didn't want my husband to hear me. I would go outside into the living room and pray and cry and pray and cry. I told myself, God is silent. He, I don't know what he working on because some people say, don't worry, he working it out. He working it out. And I'd be like, but what is he working on? Why doesn't he give me a clue? Because I'm hearing nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> what is he working on? How do you leave a job, walk away from a job where you were supposed to get a gratuity of a, uh, roughly $38,000, right? To go for a job that you think is going to give you a better opportunity and then they throw you under the bus. God, where are you? You know, so that was my thing. I was asking God, I've been asking God for the past few months, where are you? Why are you silent? Could you give me a sneak peek of what is to come that you that is supposed to be so good and so big for me? And uh, right now, I think I'm learning to because I, I didn't wanna I didn't wanna continue. I, I, got, I got tired, I got tired of fighting because I've been a fighter all my life. I've been a fighter since I was, since I was 15. Right. And I got tired of fighting. I say, Lord, I don't wanna fight no more. If people who are supposed to be of the same fate as you and who are supposed to be older and know better than you to do this I want to fight so there were days when I thought of dying there were days when I said this is what I believe in this is my ministry this is my mission to help young people who've lost their way, who've been abused, who've been traumatized, young people who want to give up, right? Young people who have no place to go. Young people who, of course, yeah, they need a little tough love sometimes, but they need to love anyway. And these people, they, 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 you know, smeared my name, they said what they said, 
And it's like, I lost my mission. I lost my mission. I lost my ministry. So there were days I wanted to give up. There were days I wanted to give up. And I said, I may as well die because I have nothing left to live for. But then the only, the, the, what kept me going was thought that if I died, then my children would probably die right behind me. <laughs> I said, you know, um, because my 16-year-old, He's battling a bit of depression as well. And um, so, you know, um, so I said, wow. I said, if I died, they'll probably die right behind me. And I, I don't want that. I want them to live their life. Right. So that's what kept me going. So today, I am a bit stronger for it. I understand that whatever is happening it's going to take time i'm not going to see around the corner only god can but some days it still hurts i could imagine i could imagine did you see the the relationship with the children and or any put your own children and you wanted to give them the support as a bright side or were there any other bright sides to it well yeah, there was. I mean, coming home, being home for the past, uh, wow, it's been almost four months. Four, it's four months already. Oh, it's going on. Yeah, four months since I've been home. Being home has helped me. Um, it's, it's, it's helped my daughter. You know, she needs a lot of supervision. She's an intelligent young lady but she's a crafty one. <laughs> so this online school, any chance she can do to get out of classes, she will try to get out of doing her schoolwork. So being home with her has, has been positive for her and for me. Being home with my son has been positive and yet painful because I didn't realize that he was spiraling into depression of his own. So, you know, being home has opened my eyes that at the end of the day, my kids need me more than anybody else. Yes. And, and you know, I, without playing on too many words that you use, when we say, God, where are you? Sometimes maybe God is telling us or asking us that very question, where are you? And so sometimes the answer comes in the most obscure way or even a painful way. But maybe that answer, and again, I don't know, I'm just a listener and speculating. Maybe that answer was, did you notice your 12 year old? Did you notice your depressed, the depressed state of your 18 year old? So as much as um, pleasing your God and pleasing the person who signed the paycheck, the messenger that's the strongest is usually the God side. Yeah. And so, yeah. so I, I can't say it's so, but I could feel that I believe it's so that we, we get the bright side messages that we we need, Yeah. you know, and um, I think what I tell my audience is, is that there, there's something that's priceless in the world because we think about giving back and we always think that there's an entrepreneur with a lot of money or philanthropist with a lot of money to right. give people around the world or an employer with a big job or anything like that. Right. But those things are menial as compared to the pricelessness of giving back to our immediate family. Exactly. 
And, and so I do encourage my audience right now. I'm in the middle of the book, the art of giving back. And that's my focus. What do we um, need to give back when and why? And keeping that in mind, I'm very curious to know if you came over the last few months close to feeling better about the time spent with your immediate family. Yes. Yes. I have, I have, I have really, you know, come, <laughs> it's amazing, you know, spending time with my children is awesome. My husband, well, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a funny one. <laughs> he's a lecturer. He's a lecturer at a university. So sometimes he says, well, when I'm finished talking to those, to those students, I don't want to talk anymore, but he, he's funny. I, I call him the porcupine with a soft heart. Right. He's, he, he's kind of grumpy on the outside, but he's all right. He's okay. You know, so what I realize is that, you know, you're, you're the place that you can be the best teacher, the place where you can give the best kind of love and time and attention is home. Yes. Your kids. So, yeah. And it's a place that um, I perpetuate the notion of giving back. Yes, I want people to give back to the world all of their experiences, all the things they've gone through so we can learn from it. So the lesson here still remains. There is no place like home and okay. that, <laughs> right? And that the home is the center of giving back. And so in as much as God would like us to give some of our attention to him, I think the feeling is when you give it at home, you're giving it to him. If you give yes. back inside a home, you're giving back to the community. If, yes. the, if the job, the employer and the children, even the older folks that you dealt with were more important than those at home, then you may have been giving back in a, in a beautiful way, but still something was supposed to happen first. <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, so those, those are the bright sides That's of right. what happens, you know, and there's certain yeah. things that no one can take away from you. Someone could take away your, your job. They can take away your resources. They, they cannot take away your love, starting with the love for your family. And they cannot take away the, the loving care you have for others. They, no one could touch all those things. True. Yeah. So true. So true. So very true. Yeah. So here you have a chance to sit at home and write a book. <laughs> and share That's your right. and share your thoughts and and right. maybe put articles in the paper and I really appreciate how you were speaking of the issue not of the issuer um, or you're speaking about what happened not of the institution and I appreciate that yeah. um, when I coach young people they go from one job to the other and they'll tell the new employer all the things that's wrong with the old one and it's like no that's not how you go you're you're asking for uh, your resume or your application to be in the in the trash bin so yes but, yes yes <laughs> so keeping yes. the focus on on what happened compared to where it happened or what organization or who these people actually were is i really appreciate how you approach that and and i'm really glad that you i'm really glad you talked about what difference all of this made to you and your family as hurtful as it was mm -hmm. something positive came out of it 
That's something, right. Something magnificent right. came out of it, and you even have a a more um, a more closer relationship with the porcupine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Kellyanne, thank you so much for coming on Free Talk with Mr. B and sharing your experience. The brighter side does not necessarily mean that everything will turn out in your favor, but we still have to look for the brighter side because everything happens for a reason, gives us the opportunity to be more creative, maybe even more productive in our decisions and our outcomes. Please continue the conversations with us as we continue to talk about these events. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, our website, www.freetalkwithmrb.com. We would like to hear from you, so feel free to write Mr. B at freetalkwithmrb.com. We thank you so much and look forward to another enlightening episode of Free Talk, Free Talk with Mr. B. Mr. B.